Well, let me add my welcome to you here in the room and those of you online today. So great to have you joining us. Now, here's the thing. I don't probably ever start with a joke. And when you start with a joke, I think you're not supposed to say you're going to start with a joke. But I'm starting with a joke, so are you with me? Okay, so there were these two brothers who were known in the town for creating so much mischief and trouble. Their mother was just at, at her end, so she decided to send the two boys to see the pastor in town. So the two boys one morning went to the church, walked in the church office, sat down, and the pastor called in the younger of the two brothers. He walks in, sits down. The pastor isn't quite sure where to start with this, so he starts with this question. Son, tell me this. Where is God? The young boy looks really confused and says nothing. He takes a breath. The pastor asks again, where is God? The boy looks at the door, gets up, runs out of the door, says to his older brother, come on, follow me, run for our life. The older brother says, what's the matter? And the younger brother says, God is missing, and they think we stole him. <laughs> Thank you for laughing. That went really well. Woo. Okay. So here's the deal. When I find myself in a tough spot, sometimes I wonder, where is God? Because he feels like he's missing. Anybody else? And in those places where I wonder where God is because he feels like he's missing, those are the places for me that are really hard to find words to pray. I wonder if you have ever felt that way. So today's message is called this, what to pray when you don't know what to pray. What to pray when you don't know what to pray. We're in this one week between uh, the conclusion of our friend series, and yes, I was Jennifer Aniston. Here we go. I have proof. Now, I'm not sure how she feels about that, but uh, oh, there you go. If you had a hard time picking me out, I can understand why. Now, we're going to start a series next week. That's going to run for a couple of weeks that Pastor Brian will kick off, and it's called Turning Setbacks into Comebacks. But we've got this one little week in between that I was handed, and I was like, I love when I'm handed just a, a week to kind of talk to what's stirring in my spirit. And this is it. When you wonder where God is, when he feels like he's distant or delayed or even silent, what do you pray then? So what to pray when you don't know what to pray? You can go right now to lexcity.info. If you're at home, join us there. In the room, join us there uh, for all of the notes and the scripture that we're going to be looking at. But today, I've picked for us a really short psalm. And you know, a lot of the psalms are just prayers. This one is written by David. It's only six verses. And so I want us today... Um, to engage with this. Like I don't, this isn't just me up here giving you info. I want this to become a part of you. So we're gonna engage today a little bit differently, whether you're here or online. We're gonna read this 
psalm and go through it, and we're going to read it responsively, which means I'll read a line, and then you will read a line together as, as the church, whether you're here or online. So I'll read what's regular, and you will read what's italicized. Are you up for that? You were up for my joke. Are you up for this too? Okay, good. Here we go. Psalm 13. I will begin. O Lord, how long will you forget me forever? You read. How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day? Okay, let's stop there. And let's look at the text and see what the Bible says about what to pray when we don't know what to pray. What can we learn? First, I see this. Number one, ask God the question on your heart. Be honest about what you're going through and feeling. That's the first thing I see in this text. That we are challenged to ask God the question on our heart. Now, look at the text and what was the question that David was asking God. Look at the text again, and you'll see it. I've highlighted it in yellow. How many times is it there? Four times. And what is the question on his heart? What is it? How long? How long? David wanted the answer to that question, and that's a big one for us, isn't it? Lots of us are living with these delays. Like we're right in the, in the middle of the how longs. How long? I said, how long do I have to wear this mask? Some of you are saying, how long do I have to be a teacher instead of just a mom or a dad? How long before I find a new job because mine isn't there anymore? How long until I don't have to be afraid to hug someone? How long? For David, the how long was a deep question. You can see it in the text. How long will you forget me? That's a raw question to ask God. How long, God, will you look the other way? Because that's how I feel. How long will sorrow be in my heart? And then he put this, I didn't catch it till later this week reading it again. How long will this sorrow be in my heart? every day. Does that describe something for you that you're facing? Here's what I've found in my life. Delays can be dangerous for the soul. And here's why. For me, delays sometimes disrupt connection with God. Somehow, the delay makes me feel, think, and that scary moments believe God's not there. Delays can lead to depression. They can lead to detachment. And maybe that's why you feel detached from God. Like you're like, how long? How long? And I have found if the question isn't how long, then what it turns to is the question why. Isn't that right? And it's true in Scripture when you look in the Psalms, all these prayers, if the question isn't how long, more than any other book in the Bible, the question why is in Psalms. Why, oh God? 
Why? Over and over, the question, why? And maybe for you, you felt like that wasn't a legal question to ask God. Can I tell you? I don't, maybe for you, you grew up where the why question to a superior was disrespectful. But in the Bible, the why question is fair game. And if you're asking the question why, I applaud that. Because that, my friend, is evidence that the Spirit of God is actually at work in you, not absent. You don't ask the question why if God isn't even in the picture. And we see in Scripture this why question affirmed. Do you need a little help? Here's from just the book of Psalms. Psalm 10. Why, Lord, do you stand far off? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? Psalm 74. Oh, Lord, why have you rejected us so long? Why is your anger so intense against the sheep of your own pasture? Psalm 42. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? Psalm 44. Wake up, O Lord. Why do you sleep? Get up. That's got some chutzpah to it. He goes on to say, why do you look the other way? Why do you ignore our suffering and oppression? The why question, getting honest, number one, what we do when we don't know what to pray, is to ask why, to honestly share to God where we are and what we're feeling. Why? And when you ask that question, then you're ready for number two here. It's, it's reasonable when you're asking why. It may not be easy, but it's reasonable to do number two. Number two is, after asking why and how long, you listen for an answer. Let's continue to read together. Pick it up in verse three. I'll start. Turn and answer me, O Lord my God, you read. Don't let my enemies gloat, saying, we've defeated him. We listen for an answer. With my three-year-old grandson, Harrison, oh, how did that picture get up there? Oh, my goodness. Look at that precious child. Yes. Thank you for that. That just made my day. For that three-year-old grandson, Harrison, he doesn't quite yet understand that when it comes to a conversation, it's two ways. Like, he does all the talking, and Grandma, or all he can get out just yet is gaga, but we're working for Grandma, is to listen, and he is to speak. He's very interested in what he's saying but not so interested in what I have to say back. And I thought, isn't that the same for us when it comes to prayer and when it comes to talking to God? Like, we're very interested in getting out what we have to say. But then I so often stop to make the conversation literally what a conversation is. It's two ways. I'm to listen. 
But listening to God, have you, do you feel like that's kind of vulnerable? It is, isn't it? Like it can be vulnerable to take time to, to say, I want to listen to what you have to say. Why is that? Why is it vulnerable? Well, what if he doesn't say anything? Doesn't that mean there's something wrong with me? Maybe he's just pausing and thinking. Or what if what he says, I don't want to hear. Can I tell you something? Whatever he ever says, my mom used to say, has already sifted through the hands of love. And whatever he has to say is exactly what Mary sang about in the opening worship song. It is about freedom. But it's vulnerable. It's vulnerable. So I want to give you a tool that has been very helpful for me because I'm a talker more than a listener. And this tool that Dr. Marcus Warner and Jim Wilder has taught in, when they've come here to speak has been helpful to me. It's a tool for listening. It's called, they call it, thought rhyming or interactive listening and journaling. Interactive, two-way. And we are actually going to practice this, whether you're here at home or online, at the end of the service together. But this is a tool that helps you shift your focus. The focus by using this tool is on what God is saying to us instead of what we are saying to God. And the focus is seeing things from God's perspective, not ours. So there are steps in this process, this tool. And I'm going to talk these through with you. But, but when I use this tool, it's important for me to position myself, to get seated, to be comfortable, Sometimes take a deep breath in and out so I can be focused to put my feet on the floor and go, this is where I am, right here, right now, and I'm ready to listen. And then use these five interactive phrases that are from God to you, from God to you. And the first one is you listen to God respond or fill in the sentence to this line. I see, what does God see? And he speaks to you about this. God is the God who sees. All of these statements are based on truth of who God is and how he interacts with us. Hebrews 4.13 says, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. We learn in Genesis in an encounter that Hagar has with God, that God is not just Yahweh God, but he is El Roy. He is the God who sees. So I listen and I hear God say, I see you driving in your car. I see you sitting here at work. I see you laying in bed. And then we move to God responding to, I hear. I hear. What does God hear when he's listening to you? Psalm 17 says, 
I call on you, my God, and you will answer me. Turn your ear to me and hear my prayer. The NLT says, bend down and listen. When I'm with Harrison, so often I bend down. And I say, now tell me what? Because I'm listening. God is bending down. And what does he hear? I hear you frustrated. I hear you crying. I hear you excited. And you listen for what he says to you. Then you move to what he knows. He says, I know. Because Psalm 139.3 says, God, you are familiar with all my ways. God says, I understand you. I know this is a big deal for you. I know you feel like I am far away. I know, and you listen for what he might speak to you. Then you move to, I feel. That may be new for you to think that God feels, but let me tell you something, God is a feeling God. James 4, 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. The imagery there is emotional, physical, and intimate. God feels what we feel. And you listen. What does he feel as he enters in this process of praying when you don't know what to pray? I feel the anxiety that you're carrying, Helen. I feel the weight of this with you. And then lastly, you move in to this last statement from God where he declares to us with truth that I am strong or and I am able. In other words, Ephesians 3.20 says, Now all glory to God, who is what? Able. With mighty what? Power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. So we listen then to what God wants to say about this situation, this circumstance that we don't know what to pray about, but we're bringing to him where he declares, I am strong and I have a solution for you. Or I am able to, and listen to what he might want to speak to you. So in a minute, we're going to do this together. But let me with us together, conclude what David says and what leadership he gives us and how to pray when we don't know what to pray with this final thought, number three. And it is this. Regardless of what you experience, determine to stand on the truth of who God is even when you don't understand what he's doing. This, my friend, is essential. This is where the power is to persevere. Regardless of what you experience, determine to stand on the truth of who God is, even when you don't understand what he's doing. Let's finish the psalm reading it together, starting with verse five. I'll begin. But I trust in your unfailing love. You read, I will rejoice. I will sing to the Lord. 
Would you say that again? Amen. Dr. Jeremiah, pastor, preacher, says God that David often starts his psalms with sighing and ends with singing. Don't you like that? And that is the goal of prayer, to start with sighing, to end with singing. How long? How long? How long? How long? Four times. But I will trust you. I will trust you. Regardless of what you're experienced, we have to determine to stand. I told you I picked something to preach on, to teach on, that's coming from my own life. It's because I have in my life a substantial how long. And I, I could feel myself in the question becoming very vulnerable to hopelessness, detachment, depression, and despair. And God kind of gave me this picture that it's, it's like I have a place to stand and I cannot move from that place. It's a circle of trust with God. It's a circle of non-negotiable truth of who God is. We just sang, Waymaker, Miracle Worker, Promise Keeper, Light in the Darkness, and I'm not moving. How long is very real in my life? How long? But I am going to stand because you are the promise keeper and you declare to me that your love is unfailing and I am not moving from this spot. It is dangerous anywhere else. I am not moving from this spot until you increase my territory. And you say, okay, Helen, step here. We're moving out. I'm teaching you a new truth in the midst of this waiting. And I don't know what it is for you, where it is for you that the how long is feeling too long. But you stand. Don't move. God is with you. He sees you. He hears you. He knows the truth. He feels what you feel. He is able. He is strong. He is with you. He is with you. I want to invite you in to the prayer. And here's how we're going to do this. Either on lexcity.info if you're online, you can find the guide there. But in the seat pocket in front of you is a pen that's been sanitized and cleaned and a, a 
piece of paper that you will pull out from the seat back in front of you. I want to encourage you to do this or to use online if you want to do that. This little card of just exactly what I went through with you. And there's a pen that you can pull out. We're going to, I'm, I'm giving my sermon time to you. Because here's what. I can say a lot of things, but nothing will make a difference in your life if God doesn't say it to you. Do you want to hear from him today? Because he wants to speak to you. So we're going to take this out. Take the pen. And right now, what I'd love for you just to do is just close your eyes for me. Let's do what I said at first. I want you to kind of get comfortable in your seat. Put your feet on the ground. Turn your phone off unless you're using it for the exercise. Close your eyes and just take a deep breath in. And a deep breath out. Acknowledge that God is here. And He knows the how long of your heart, of your situation, of your circumstance. He knows that. How long, how long, God? And you have cried out to him. Or maybe this is the first time you're crying out. You've held it to yourself, but you're going to be vulnerable with God. What is it for you? What is the how long? Now you've spoken, and I want you to listen. So you can open your eyes. And I want you just to listen. Let's begin with God saying... Dear one, I can see you. And listen, what does he see? See you sitting in your house alone. See you sitting here in church. to I can hear you. What does God hear? turn it over. The next step is, what does God say to you? I know. I know this is really hard. I know this has been a long time. I know you really want. I know you really need.
Now I feel. Dear child, I feel the weight, the sorrow, the longing, the expectancy. What do you hear him saying to you? able my friend and he speaks to you I am able what does he say to you about this circumstance or situation I am able to listen trust in your unfailing love, O oh God. I will rejoice because you have rescued me, and I will sing to the Lord because you, O oh God, are the way maker. You, O oh God, are the promise keeper, the miracle worker, the light in the darkness, the God who sees and so we worship you, we praise you, and we declare this truth together. Amen. What a great message. Thanks for joining us here at LexCity.tv today. Don't forget, all services are available to watch on demand at LexCity.church or on our LexCity app. You can follow us on social media at LexCity Church for daily content and photos from the week, as well as updates and upcoming events. Again, we are so glad you decided to join us today, and we'll see you next week right back here on LexCity.tv.